is up, everybody? Welcome to Bold Women Podcast. We have a treat for you today. My name is Maria, and I am here with my co-host and friend, Meryl. What's up? What's up? <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> Mer- I'm a little hyped today. I did just leave the dentist office, in case anybody cares, and I have no cavities. So, oh, well. praise be. Look at that. Look Meryl, at that. what are we doing today? Well, we have a very special guest today. We have in studio with us, Amanda Russell. Now, you may or may not have heard of Amanda. Her <laughs> reputation precedes her. Oh, God. Her husband was on a couple of episodes with us, and the wonderful woman he was talking about was the gal that is in the chair with us now. So, very stoked to have you here. We are super we excited. We are so excited. Today, we are going to be talking about um, what commitment really looks like, because I think nobody knows what that means anymore. <laughs> People think commitment while they have the feels. And then when the feeling's gone, it's like, forget everything that I said. Like my words mean nothing. Right. Um, Right. Or you'll, you'll find, you'll find some reason to get out. Right. So that's speaking of like a romantic Romantic, relationship, but just generally speaking. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, think about commitment with like, you know, professional wise, you know, people hopping from job to job and all of that. Um, especially given like the pandemic and everything, mm-hmm. um, caused a lot of movement for some people. And so I guess I will just pose this question to either one of you. All right. Um, what is something that you are deeply committed to? Just could be anything. Ooh. You're like, I have to do this. <laughs> and this is, it's just, well, do you have one too? Cause I would love to hear what you're deeply committed to as well. <laughs> Um, I could, I could I, have something by the time it comes back around. Right. Um, so I got a couple things. Mm-hmm. I got a couple things of Bruin. Do you have anything? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I think I'm pretty committed to, um, just honesty and Ooh, that's what good. I, that's a great one. Yeah. What I like put out there, you know, I think that, um, being true to myself and of course my marriage and, um, those things are big commitments for me, but, um, yeah, being true to myself is definitely a huge one. I love that. That's good. That's huge. I feel like my answer is going to feel really shallow <laughs> after that. I have a feeling it's similar to mine. So go ahead. Why do I have to go before you? Well, you were going, you were about to say it, weren't okay. you? Well, I think the couple things that were brewing, um, <laughs> were just like deeply committed to my faith it would be one. Yep. Yes. Uh, and the fact of like, that is a part of everything that I do. It forms my beliefs. It forms my worldview. Um, well, it that's forms not like, shallow. That's not shallow. But my <laughs> second answer is going to be. Okay. Well, I was debating if I was going to say that one or not. Cause I was like, I mean, like it's, I say like, I would hope it's obvious, but who's to say? Fitness. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's was gonna gonna my second idea. one was going to be like fitness, like where it's. I have my fitness routine and that's it's not clockwork. shallow. I don't think it's shallow. It is biblical to be disciplined. Yeah. If physical fitness is part yeah. of a discipline. So it's yeah. definitely like a, if I don't have, if I don't have that, I am, I am off. Like I feel off. Mm. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So you're committed to your routine. I'm committed. I'm very, I'm committed to routine. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm committed to routine. Yeah. You are. 
you make me look like a YOLO <laughs> yeah. person. I, that's important, being committed to your routine. Yeah. And that's not shallow yes. at all. I think that's... Yeah. I mean, it's like I'm learning to adjust it smidges here and there, but I can't drastically adjust that. Yeah. Go ahead. What yeah. were you going to say? Well, uh, the routine, fitness... Um, I think if I'm going to go a little deeper, I mean, we all agree faith. Um, but I would say authenticity, I think being, (laughs) you guys all know me, I'm a very straightforward person Mm -hmm. and I don't like it. I don't want anybody to ever guess what I'm thinking or <laughs> right. I don't yeah, that's what any, I love about I don't both like of leaving y'all. anything mm-hmm. on the table. I don't like it when it, I don't ever want people to just like walk away from a conversation and be like, I don't know if I got a straight answer out of her because right. when I feel that way after an interaction with somebody, it really frustrates me. And all I do is just like ruminate on, well, is that person even worthy of being like somebody I can trust? Mm-hmm. Can I, yeah. uh, is this somebody I should spend time around? And I don't want people guessing things like that about yeah. me. So that's what I not like not just that, but it, it takes away your your own opportunity to, you know, mm-hmm. correct that. You know what I mean? So right. like for somebody to just like, you know, put that on you without you being able to say that yourself, it's uh I don't really like that. Yeah. I'm with you, Meryl. I put it all no, out. No, I I I appreciate that about both of y'all because I'm a recovering people pleaser and so that aspect is like or sometimes like my my initial go to thought is how's is this other person gonna respond versus like well, even too, sometimes like for me, I process out loud. So it's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to need a minute to process and talk this through. That doesn't mean everything that I say is true, mm-hmm. but I'll get there in the end. It's just going to take me a minute. And so it's just that like, to tell you how I feel immediately, I don't know. Let me, let me think about it and talk it out. And that, so I think that sometimes <laughs> it makes it hard, but yeah, we're getting better. We're getting better squad. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some, okay. What makes a, that thing or like the things that we are mentioning about or Amanda, like being, I mean, you've kind of touched on it, but like even like being true to yourself, um, what makes that thing worthy of your commitment? You know, like, or even like you said, your marriage, what are some of those things that or like what things are the, that benefits? You, the benefits of that for you? Um, I think that when you are committed to something, it's a little bit easier to set those boundaries in, in the relationship. You know, if you know that, um, the things that that person, you know, maybe things that are, that irritate you or things that you, um, you know, you can get over, but they're things that, you know, maybe would start a fight or something. If that's something that you already know, that's not going to be the end all, or that's not going to be something to knock you off your horse or whatever, you know, then, Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit easier to make it through those things Mm -hmm. and to say like, like say what you really mean. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, okay example, you said your marriage. So it's like, Hey, I know this person's committed to me so I can be brutally honest and not fear. And the vice versa from that, like you can be yourself and, and not fear, you know, them, them leaving because they don't like what they see or something. You know what I mean? You have that commitment with one another. It's yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, okay. So this can be for either one of you. Okay. And I mean, I can even talk about it too. Um, but how has your upbringing impacted your view on relationships and commitment to them? Ooh. Oh, well, I had a, yeah, yeah I, I've got a good story. You've got yeah, a great story. story. Kind of, I don't, I mean, honestly, like, uh, I was very aware of my parents divorce, like at a very young age. So my mom and my dad got divorced when I was like 
three or four, Mm -hmm. I want to say. But I can honestly sit here and say that I remember a lot of those like moments when like my mom and my dad were like fighting and doing stuff that, that, you know, caused them to, um, eventually get divorced. And, um, then after my parents were divorced, my mom remarried my stepdad and their relationship was definitely more of a, a good example of what, you know, a commitment is. But then I also had my mom like all the time, you know, telling me, Hey, you know, the reason why your dad and I aren't together anymore is because of this, you know, and, and they were some pretty good reasons. So I, I remember like feeling early on that, like my mom and my dad were, you know, they, they just didn't need to be together. And maybe that was a mistake for them to have been together to begin with, you know, and my mom had her upbringing was crazy. She was in foster care after she was like 12 years old, her mom gave her up for adoption. So she was very well aware of the Mm -hmm. fact that her mom was giving her up for adoption. Mm. And, um, then she kept her youngest brother, um, which is crazy. Like, how do you choose between your kids and give one up and not the other, you know, and then like the toll that that must take on a person, you know, but I think that, um, somewhere along the way, maybe it was the military because my mom joined the military. Um, And maybe it was in the military where she kind of started to, you know, gain some loyalty or maybe she, Mm -hmm. she finally met some people who were worthy. I'm not really sure, but in any case, she managed to still instill in us that that's, that's um, loyalty is a very important quality to Mm -hmm. have. You know what I mean? And I think loyalty goes hand in hand with commitment because you make a commitment to somebody, you have to be loyal, you Mm -hmm. know? And um, I think the word faithfulness can kind of fit in there too. Yeah. Like those three. Yeah. And I think if the military teaches you nothing but one thing, it's like structure. Yeah. yeah. So that probably oh, yeah. helps. I, yeah. My upbringing was incredibly structured that, yeah. Um, <laughs> as far as like, you know, what was allowed and what wasn't yeah. and the boundaries that were set, you know, that was really yeah. structured. But again, like my parents worked all the time. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, we were, you know, by ourselves a lot and that was not structured. <laughs> You're like, mm, that part wasn't. Let's, yeah. Let's go back to that. Now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, um, that definitely, you know, helped me to understand what it means to be loyal, what it means mm-hmm. to, to make a commitment to something and then what it means to kind of hold it out. And, you know, my parents were only together, like my mom and my stepdad were only together, like, I don't know, like 10 years, I want to say, because my mom passed away. Um, so, well, okay. That was probably what, 13 years, maybe. So Mm -hmm. in any case, um, it wasn't, that's actually what Jacob and I are coming on 13 years now. So that's crazy to think about that because that relationship was the most committed relationship that I've ever, like Like that that you got to see to me. Yeah. Yeah. That was the closest committed relationship I ever got to see was them. Mm. My grandma, like never had, she was never married in my, since I was alive, her husband died before I was ever born. So I never got to see like that relationship. And then, um, you know, later, Jacob's parents demonstrated some pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty serious commitment to me, which was, that was nice to see as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, through all of that, I mean, there's always like, you know, there's things that, that happen, you know, that, that make that hard. And um, I think, you know, just having that in the back of your head, you know, all the time, how how you were raised to just, you know, be a very loyal person. And just, Mm -hmm. I think that really helped me a lot. Yeah. I think um, this popped into my head and I know it's like a really tiny example, but I think it's something that like structurally 
really helped was something that my parents do is I was never allowed to quit anything once I started. So yeah. like take athletics. If I, mm. if I started an athletic season, if I agreed to do it, I could not, I could not quit it. Yeah. I had to finish a season unless like I didn't have to do it the next year. Mm-hmm. Like if I did yeah, it and I, I was it. like, I hated it. Like, I don't want to do this again. They made me finish the season and then mm-hmm. I didn't have to do it again. But yeah. if mm-hmm. I started it and I remember there was a time and it was probably, gosh, junior high, I would assume. And I had, um, I had just finished basketball practice and I was getting ready to go to dance. I did tap ballet, jazz and point. I did lots of different dances and I was so tired. And I remember sitting at the counter being like, I can't go. And I remember my mom having a, the conversation with me. She's like, if you go, you do know you have to do it all year long. If you don't want to do it, mm-hmm. you have to make that decision yeah. and then you don't have to. But she's like, if you go, the second you step into that practice room, you are there and you are there until the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there was only one time in my life where hope you like it. Hope you like it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long season, but there was only one time in like, and this was even later on in my years where my parents said like, you can quit because of like just some of the stuff that yeah. was going on with that. But there was only one time in 20 some years of athletics that, like I or athletic or any extracurricular activity that I was allowed to right. not saying I never wanted to, but that was just something that they so and like did with both my brother and myself was yeah. Once you start it, you finish the season. Yeah. Like, like you said, if you don't like it, you don't have to do it again, but you, you will finish what you start. And so I, yeah. I know that's just something that I appreciated that they taught. Yeah. That we they were, taught me. We were definitely the same way. <clears throat> we yeah. had to finish what we started as well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my parents were kind of like that, but I think probably the most impactful that I would say that I had was uh, my parents. They've been married 51 years this year. And yeah, I know. Incredible. And like we, you know, I have five siblings. And so therefore the larger the family is usually going to bring a lot more drama to the table. (laughs) And so, uh, just kind of seeing, you know, different, um, shenanigans that like my siblings have gotten themselves into and other family members. And then on top of that, you know, like my, um, my mom's dad was the main caregiver for my uncle who has down syndrome and they were like in and out living with us, um, for a lot of time. So there's, there was a lot going on Mm -hmm. and then just through all of the ups and downs and stuff and just like noticing that, even when I knew like you could cut the tension with a knife, like my parents were still like you, they were actively choosing each other and I could see that. And Mm -hmm. then, so it's kind of, it's very strange to me. And that's something that I've been like dealing with, you know, after a divorce Mm -hmm. going like, how did this, how did this happen to me when, when that has been modeled very well yeah. to me, mm-hmm. like I will never be a part of that club. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then somehow I went off and made just probably one of the worst decisions I could have ever made, which was not to get married. It was, I chose the wrong person mm-hmm. and I didn't invite God into any of that. And, you know, that led to just a whole host of things or whatever. And, I look at that and I'm just like, I can't even like, that's so wild to me that like, I, I, I was not expecting that at all. I think Mm -hmm. that was probably like the biggest shock because I was like, well, I found a nice enough person. And I, (laughs) at least I thought, (laughs) at least I thought at the time. Surprise. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so it's then my favorite kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, like you kind of go into something, especially when you think that you are the one who like makes the best decisions. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause I kind of went into that whole thing with like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I've made good decisions up to this point. Yeah, exactly. And so it's yeah. like, I'm fine. I can, I can do this too. And I yeah. mean, I've been, I've been modeled. Like it's been modeled for me. What a, like what a committed relationship looks like, what marriage really looks mm-hmm. like. It's right. freaking hard. And I didn't have any, I didn't have, and I would say that's a blessing. I mean, I didn't have any, um, I wasn't uh, oh my gosh, what am I trying to say? You're doing great. I wasn't under any misconception about how like difficult it is to like, like really try. Right. Yeah. yeah. You had a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't um, like this lofty fairy tale that was demonstrated. It was mm-hmm. like, a, Oh no, I got to see the yeah. nitty gritty. Like it's not rainbows and butterflies. Right. Day, all right. day. And then I think, I think I kind of just took that to the extreme though, because it was like when things were not good and not going well and getting worse, it mm-hmm. was just kind of like, okay, Meryl, you're the problem. How are you going <laughs> to, how yeah. are you going to fix yeah. yourself? And like, mm-hmm. that's kind of where things got like really dicey or whatever. But um, yeah, I just, I've always, that's something I've thought about often. It was like, you know, it's so interesting that, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that can relate to that too, where it's yeah. like, cause you know, being committed to each other. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that I, that my parents have modeled. I mean, I wouldn't call, as we've talked about, you know, wouldn't call it rainbows and sunshine and stuff all the time. Yeah. But I can tell that my parents are not only deeply committed to one another, but they truly love each other mm-hmm. yeah. and they still have fun and like, they still flirt with each other and stuff. And like, now that I'm an adult, they say all kinds of things in front of me that I'm like, okay. like Oh my God. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes me laugh though. And, yeah. and like that, but that also like, inst- like reinstills, you know, like that's what that looks like. That's what like a healthy yeah. uh, marriage looks like. Yeah. They have their ups and downs and stuff, but like, I, I've, I've been fortunate to, yeah. to view all of that, but um, yeah. So it was, it's just always been like, Oh, that's really strange. I, <laughs> I missed something. Yeah. Well, I guess this <laughs> is a, long this is like the next question. And this, I'll ask this for both you, Meryl and you, Amanda. Um, and something you said kind of triggered it, the thought of it, but it says somewhere along the line, women have been raised to understand the, that commitment looks like over apologizing, suffering uh through the day-to-day tasks rather than to ask or tell your spouse you're struggling over committing when this isn't necessarily actually God's designed for marriage. So what are your thoughts on this and what are things that married couples can do to combat that? That was that to me. Okay. Yeah. You can take a stab at it first (laughs) if you want. Okay. We said things married couples can do. So So as the married woman in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can only give cautionary tales. <laughs> here's what do here's this. what you shouldn't do. <laughs> I got a lot of those too, trust me. <laughs> um, okay, so I would definitely say that is not me. I am not good at the suffering through day-to-day anything mm-hmm. um, and not keeping my mouth shut. So um, I think, you know, since day one... Um, Jacob has been pretty well aware of what makes me happy and what doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's totally true though. A lot of women are not like me. A lot of women keep their mouth shut and don't say a word. And, um, you know, I think, um, like, where do you think that comes from? 
I, I think that this is how we're raised. You know, yeah. we're raised to be, um, women are raised to be like a, uh, you know, like a nice addition to whatever's going on, mm. you know, not to take the place of whatever's going on. You know, mm-hmm. we have to kind of like You're an accessory. support. We are an accessory. We're a supportive role. And so, um, it's not supportive when you're nagging, you know? Right. And we hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. Naggy, naggy, naggy. That's what women do. We nag our husbands. And so we almost like get into this, like, well, we have to be the opposite of that, you know? And like, there were definitely times early on in our marriage where Jacob would use that word with me and it would just like stop things dead in its tracks. And I would just be like, seriously, like, if you continue to say this to me, I'm going to shut up and not say anything else. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to be the end of it, you know? And like, that's not what you want from me because you love me because I'm this way. You know what I mean? And so it was like, like this part of my personality drew you to me. Yes. So like, stop trying to make me submissive in that way. You know what I mean? And so, um, I think that, you know, we had some fights about that early on and it was like, okay, well, Amanda's going to vocalize, you know, what she, her opinion. And now I think at this point, he's kind of on board with that too, Mm -hmm. because there definitely was like a time or season, I should say, where like he would not say what, you know, he was feeling or thinking just to like not have a fight or whatever. Mm, And then he would let it get him. And then at the end of the day, he wasn't getting what he wanted. And so he would be irritated, you know? And it's like, I would be like, well, why are you irritated? Well, because I didn't, you know, just like, okay, well, because I really wanted, you know, pot roast for dinner and you made spaghetti or something. And that never has happened. He would never do that. But you know, like, but just for just example, for example yeah. like, well, because of that, well, well, why didn't you tell me you wanted pot roast? Like I would have gladly made pot roast for you. Like I'm here to please you. Like what, what do you mm-hmm. mean? You know? And he's like, well, I thought you wanted spaghetti. Well, no, I didn't want spaghetti. Like I just wanted to make you happy. And I thought you wanted spaghetti. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. like yeah. those times, like where you're sitting all the unspoken, stuff is like causing tension, you know, and both people to be unhappy when in the end, if he had just come out and said, Hey, I want pot roast. Like I would have made pot roast and we all would have been happy. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so like, (laughs) yeah, if somebody would have just said, yeah, like if you just say that. And so that realization somewhere in life, like we just had, you know, it was like, hello, if you want something, you got to say it, you know, like you can't, you cannot hold me to these expectations that I have no idea are there. You know what I mean? And so, um, we both have gotten a ton better at just mm-hmm. putting our expectations for one another out there. And, um, I think we're both more fulfilled because of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think if people would just do that, you know, like, I don't really know what, why it's so hard, you know, if it's sometimes I wonder, uh, oh, and just like to tag onto that. And I just like, I know struggle within myself of times when I haven't said what I've wanted or what I felt uh-huh. it has come from like a deep seated fear of rejection. Right. So I think I, like, that's, yeah. I'm just thinking like, that's where the deep seat like of like, if I actually said what I wanted or I was feeling mm-hmm. this person would walk. Okay. But now but, see, with, with saying that you have this deep seated fear of rejection, but if you're committed but if and that's that where the commitment is committed, the, you don't have that deep-seated fear of rejection, right. you know, and that's exactly where the commitment is beneficial is to your relationship, right. you know, and if you guys have that, you can honestly approach your spouse and say, hey, this thing that you're doing is really like, you know, not great for me, you know, mm-hmm. and then you can have an honest conversation about it without the fear of the other person rejecting you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think I went through a stage of, cause most of my life I've been, you know, as I was saying earlier, like a very straightforward person. Person. I don't like people guessing about what I'm thinking, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And in my relationship with my ex before we got married, I mean, that was like at least, 
I don't know that he ever said that he appreciated that about me, but I, I know that like he was all, he always knew it was coming. Right. Yeah. And then <laughs> he's like, Somewhere, Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> somewhere down the line. Well, and that was that was something to um, take into account too. Is like I, um, I've talked about this in a previous episode, but like conflict resolution was not modeled very well for me, and mm-hmm. I that was that's a huge piece in communication. Same. And um, Same. I think that you know once once things started kind of just devolving in my relationship was I was, I was this open and straightforward person. And then at some point something changed. I don't know what, if they're like, if I could name a specific event, but I rem- I recall at some point that my tactic changed from being, I'm going, you're going to hear everything that I'm going to say and I'm going to get it off my chest because at least I'm going to go to bed at night knowing that you heard my thoughts mm-hmm. and that's, and Mm-hmm. I also did not care how harsh it came off. And that right. was yeah. something that I've, I have worked on since, but um, I, then something changed to where it was, I would express it like one time. Then I'd be like, okay, didn't pick up on that. I'll say it one more time. Didn't pick up on that. Then my favorite tool to bring out was silence. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, Oh, I'm just going to sit here and like not talk to you for like three days. Mm. And guess what? That guy was the type of guy that was like also very avoidant of confrontation. Mm-hmm. And um, if we weren't going to be talking, he didn't care because he was like, all right, well then. Yeah, it's fine. I'll do my own makes thing. Life easy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it makes life easier. Don't have to address it. So therefore, Doesn't if, exist. if I need to engage, I'm just going to act like everything's normal. And that's what happened. And then. Yeah. I would freak out. Like I would flip. I would just lose my mind and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, why are you acting like everything's normal? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And you'd be like, um, what? (laughs) But also Uh it was, it was also like those kinds of things. It was like situations like that. And then sometimes, you know, I think that women also, ladies, we struggle with this. I know that like we tend to assume that men can read our minds. Yes. And... (laughs) I have learned the hard way that they cannot. Yeah. Like and we have to be pretty, would you, okay. I would, we have Byron's facial expressions in here, but Amanda, <laughs> would you be able to confirm that? Like, or like how many times has Jacob like said that? Like, I mean, granted, I know you said like you speak them, but the yeah. aspect of like, you have to tell me what you're thinking. I don't know what you want. Or do you feel? I, I'm pretty, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm an open book. You know, if, even if I'm not saying it, it's all over my face. Yeah. You know, I cannot hide <laughs> my face Your at face. all. Yeah. That is like, yeah. it is all over me. If you're, I, then that's what I continue to say over and over again. Cause it'll be like, Oh, well, you know, like something happens or something. And I'm like, I like, I am an open book there. Mm-hmm. You knew that was not going to be what I wanted. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so like, yeah, that's what I think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty vocal about, you know, my, yeah. 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 Therapy helped me get that back on track. What I would say is probably (laughs) what Meryl said earlier. And maybe my delivery isn't always perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I find that a lot, even with Selah, I'm like, Oh gosh, you know, maybe I needed to be a little bit gentler when I said that to her, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when I have had, when I've had people like closest to me, like my family members be like, dang, Meryl, you are really critical or yeah. mm-hmm. you are very harsh yeah. or I mean like it was I had picked up at some point that that was like a very common thing that was being told to me by mm-hmm. my family members 
And then I was like, oh, yeah. maybe it's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do feel yeah, like I'm yeah. definitely overcritical on things. And I have incredibly high standards for mm-hmm. myself and Same. the people around me. You know, so like, Same. yeah. Um, my toxic I, trait is projecting my expectations that I have of myself onto other people. Onto yeah. other people. And I, I definitely yep. like don't want to change that. So <laughs> put it out there. <laughs> Well, I think like even just being- Jacob, we're praying for you. I know. We love you, Jacob. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, hey, listen, my expectations for Jacob are pretty high, but every expectation I have for him is based on the stuff he's shown me he can do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like, um, yeah, he might, he might think my expectations are high, but he set those expectations himself, you know? And he always like his joke, like he, what he says all the time is, Oh, I thrive on low expectations. You know, he says that all the time. That's like his go-to. Yeah. I thrive on low expectations, you know, but I'm like, not with me. You're like like <laughs> your expect, my expectations are way up here and you have to meet them. I'm sorry. That's, yeah. 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 Um, what do you, okay. This is speaking of Jacob, that. speaking of him. Um, what are some things that you thought would be easy about marriage but turned out to be quite difficult. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Probably like the number one thing I would say is like um, intimacy and like time for one another. Yeah. Because like, I think that I originally thought that you live with somebody and you're with them all the time. And I remember thinking like, Oh my gosh, like I'm just going to just be so bored, like with them being there all the time, you know? Um, But he's not there all the time. Like, actually he's never there. I'm, I feel like I'm there all the time. I'm yeah. like, where's he at? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we just don't spend a lot of time together and even the time we have, gosh, it doesn't even matter. You could ha- you have a 3000 square foot house and mm-hmm. one kid and it doesn't matter. She will find a way to be like literally in the same shirt as me all day long, all day you long. know? And like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not even joking. And so, no. <laughs> so Um, it's hard to find time for one another and, you know, to find time for conversation with one another, because then once the time that you do have with one another, you have like a checklist of stuff that you have to like, we have to figure this out real quick or talk about this, you know, like, okay, throughout the day, this and this and that happened and this happened and Sayla did this and the dogs did this and blah, blah, blah. You know? So at the end of the day, I have all this stuff I want to tell him and none of it has to do with my emotional needs or my state of mind or anything that's like me, you know what I mean? So it's like you have to make additional time for that kind of stuff to be intimate with one another. And it's really not easy, yeah. you know, to like to do that because you have to prioritize it, you know. And and at the end of the day, there's so many other things that you're prioritizing. It just gets kicked back, you know, thinking well, that it's not going to be an issue. What would you say would be ways or what have you and Jacob done to help prioritize that? Um, we were really good for a while about doing a date night every week. Um we really were good about it. We actually even like frequented a couple places, like, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. when we were starting to feel like it was like a regular thing and then Tracy mm-hmm. moved out and it's been a little bit it's harder. Been a little yeah. Trickier. Because you know, before like Sayla didn't have to go anywhere. She just stayed at home and Tracy was there, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it was nothing, but now we have to kind of like arrange it, you know, and make it like, like a thing. set plans for it. Yeah. And, and like that. And I mean, it gets like hard because I mean, even this last time, what was it? Um, last Saturday, I don't even remember. It, we had a wedding at the church. And so like everybody went to the wedding and then we had um, something else with uh, a birthday celebration we were going to and Sayla couldn't go. And so like everybody at church was at the wedding and yeah. we had nobody who could watch her. But then I, I was able to find, you know, one friend that was willing to do it, but she's like 30 minutes from us. And it was just going to be so inconvenient. None of it worked out anyway. Cause Sayla got strep throat, but yeah. 
but yeah. still just having to yeah at the end of part. the day like and then and then like we had found somebody and she backed out on us last minute and like all the stuff happens you know and it just like it turns that into more of a chore mm-hmm. and you're like is it worth it you know what I mean like uh I don't know you know what I mean so um yeah I would say definitely being purposeful to um you know set a day and time to like be together and not go back on it or not like Mm -hmm. not waver on it, not say like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to have a date night every week, but say we're going to go out every Friday at 7 PM. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And then that makes it a little bit more purposeful. Um, Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, If like within that too, I know you just, you had said about like making it purposeful, but what are some ways that you and Jacob even help hold each other accountable? Oh yeah. I'm, yeah, I think I'm pretty good at holding. Like, and like, how do you, how do you guys do that? And how does he do that? Like for you too? Um, you know, I think it's really important to be like a safe space for one another, to be able to approach each other on things like that. Like that way, when you do miss the mark, it's not as like detrimental. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I know for us, one of the things early on is like, you know, Jacob's like you, Maria. He he's a people pleaser. Like he's just mm-hmm. wants every interaction to just if everybody be positive can just interaction. be peaceful and yes, happy, like like positive just... all the time. Like I just <laughs> never never make anybody upset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he doesn't ever want to make anybody upset. Tension makes me sick. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he's <laughs> a terrible procrastinator. So like he's gonna end up making somebody mad. You know what I mean? It's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And so like one of the things for us early on was like we're gonna fight it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like we are going to get into fights. And Mm -hmm. the whole point is that we have this commitment to one another and the fight is not going to be the end of it. You know, we'll just make it through the fight, but he would hate fighting with me. Like he doesn't Mm -hmm. like me to be upset with him, you know? So it's like, he would just say whatever he had to say to get through it. Uh, So it's like, you know, not like actually work through it, but just say say whatever he has to say to get through it. Yeah. Not Mm -hmm. actually do any of that because Mm -hmm. he probably didn't even remember he said it. You know what I mean? He just Mm -hmm. said whatever he had to say, but like, it'll be like, Oh, you know, Oh, this door. I hate it. It just creaks so much every time I open it. And he's like, Oh, you know what? I'll fix it. I'll, I'm going to, I'll fix it tomorrow. Okay, cool. And I'm like, yeah, he's going to fix it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and he didn't fix it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm like, well, crap, he said he was going to fix it, you know, and he didn't fix it. And so early on, I think I was like letting those things get to me, but not saying anything to him about it. And it would just be like, okay, well, he didn't do that. Dude, I got to throw my hands up because I did that too. And if there was something that I thought that I could fix or do, I would end up doing it if I, I I didn't want to ask again. I will say I did the same same thing. Like I did the same, like yeah. There's currently all kinds of things in my house that like, you know, Jacob has committed to doing. And it's not that like, I'm not mad at him for it. Like I kind of just take it all with a grain of salt now. Like now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well he says he's going to do that. And he has the intention of doing it. And I know he said it because he wants to do it, but yeah. like, I can't hold him to that. I'm going to do it tomorrow type thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've, I've learned now that that's not where I need to like die on the hill. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. and so my holding him accountable to it is maybe waiting a week or two and then being like, Hey, remember you said you were going to fix that or like yeah. just bringing it back up again, you know? And then he's most likely going to do it because at that point he remembers how many times he hasn't done the crap in the past. And so he's like, yeah, Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. I should <laughs> probably a good do- reminder of that. Dang, I don't follow <laughs> through a lot, you know, <laughs> like, Shoot. here it goes. Um, but yeah, no, he's, but I think, um, like I said, it's not necessarily in the act itself, but it's more in just like 
you know, the expectation and picking your battles with it all. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the picking your battles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But see, you can't Good just on. pick your battles verbally. Like you have to pick your battles emotionally and mentally too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't say, Oh, I'm not going to argue with him about that, but it's still getting on my nerves. But it's still, you have to, yeah. Like, yeah. You, yeah, you got to just let it, it go. Yeah. yeah. You got to let it go. Cause otherwise it's not going to be, it's going to like just stew in there and it'll come back up later. What did, um, I heard yeah. Joyce Meyer say this once and it was really good. She was like, if you, um, fe- or a couple of things. She said, if you feel like you don't need to have a conversation or you don't want to have a conversation about it, you probably should. Yeah. And if you feel like immediate, like I need to talk to this person about this right now, you probably should wait yeah. to yeah. have it like using that as a, yeah. cause I'm going in with heightened emotions. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to talk about this right now and get yeah. this off my chest, then pump the it's brakes. Really, and then really good, really good idea. Like I, yeah. I started writing in my notes, I so I have so many I could show you. Like when I get frustrated, <laughs> I like literally go down. in and I write down everything that just made me mad. And I'm like, you did this, like it's a letter, you know? Yeah. I'm like, you did this and you did this and I can't believe you, you did this and you just, but then I don't actually do anything with it. It just sits there, mm-hmm. you know? And that's helpful. Yeah, yeah, it's very helpful because like, then I don't take all of that like on out on him. really mean stuff out on him, yeah. you know? And cause I can be kind of mean, I know that. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, same. Like, yeah. yeah, I can, yeah. My I can come can, in real hot. They can cut. <laughs> and I just think too, is like, you don't get words back. Like that's, and I think that's yeah. like where I struggle is like, I know I can't get words back. So that's where I tend to be like mm-hmm. whatever, like overly cautious about what I say yeah. at times. For me, but, I have learned now uh, in this 12, however long we've been married, 12, 13 years, it'll be 13 years this year. Um, like, my words cut, you know, but it doesn't even matter what they are because like it matters how he heard it. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know what I mean? That's good. Oh gosh. Like it doesn't even matter what I said, what he heard is going to be it for the rest of our lives. Like he continues to shout that crap back at me. You said this. And I'm like, I didn't even say that. I said this, but that's how he heard it. Mm-hmm. So like, pff, forget it. Someone's I'm done. Per- yeah. I can't even argue that. Is, yeah. I cannot argue that. Like he literally heard that and that's what cut him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. because of that, even like, so now I'm not only responsible for the words that I do have that are harsh, but I'm responsible for how he received those mm-hmm. words too. You know? So like there's two, it, I mean, gosh, I just, I, communication, I have to just shut which, up, you know? Honestly, that's what I mean. Like communication is <laughs> yeah. huge. I mean, com- yeah. massive and yeah. Sheesh. I mean, it's double-ended and you're responsible for both ends. It's yeah. just, it's, yeah. If you could name some off-key things you've learned about commitment that you would share with those who want to be married or those just starting out in their marriages, what would what would that be? Off-key things. Like, what does that mean? Name off some key things. Oh, oh okay. I was like, wrong. what? Okay, because in my mind, speaking of like how the other person takes it, you were talking about that, and I was like, I was reading it as like some okay, like let's try some again. off key things you of can like name things off that, some key things that you learned about okay. that people don't really that make. makes more sense. I'm like, what is an off key thing? I'm not real sure. About I was that. combining what you were saying with what I was reading, <laughs> as we clearly can see what communication can do through different people. So, so now exhibit how it's, A, <laughs> please go ahead. How it's said and how it's received. Exactly. I'm real confused over here. <laughs> Okay, so hold on. What was it again? We're we're talking about so some, some key, key things. things. Some key things. Yep, in your marriage so far. Um, that you would want to share we, with somebody. Yeah. Um, that help with communication. Yeah, it can be a big piece. Um, let's see. I would probably say you know. Um, Doesn't have to be about communication, but commitment. Just commitment in general. In general. Oh, commitment. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So you kind of have to be like a little bit stubborn 
to be a, to be good at commitment, I think, mm-hmm. you know, because like, and you kind of have to like think things through beforehand. So like, if you say, well, I'm going to commit to this, you have to think about what are the things that could potentially get in the way of that commitment or like when that comes around, am I going to be like, Oh, yes. I don't want to do this. And I didn't right. think about all these other things and go ahead and draw the line now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that way, like you have your boundaries set and you know, when it comes up, like, ugh, all right, well, I told myself I wasn't going to do this, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where the stubbornness comes into, because mm-hmm. like, yeah, if you're just a little bit stubborn, like you can, you know, it's a little bit easier to stay on that commitment. I think, um, yeah, I think for me, like I, when I decide I'm going to commit to something, I find myself hating everything else. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. okay, so this is going to be like, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. Like, I hate not doing that. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. then I'm like, you know, I just, I just put, it's, it's like a state of mind. I think you just have, it has to be a state of mind for you. Um, otherwise it, it'll be easy to just fall out the second you're tested. You know what I mean? And you're going to be tested. It, yeah, that's why sure. you have to have a commitment because you're going to be tested. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think um, just to kind of go off of that, because this is a lesson I didn't learn until, after I got divorced, but it was, um, cause a lot of times it, I think a huge part of, you know, marriage and commitment is, you know, obviously communication as we've been discussing, mm-hmm. but like there, when I first heard, I don't even know who said it, but when I first heard someone say that when you're, especially when you're in conflict with your spouse, like you shouldn't ever be like fighting that person Mm. like, and you shouldn't be fighting to like be right. And you should be fighting to understand where they're coming from and what they're actually trying to tell you and communicate to you. Mm -hmm. And then like work through that because you're supposed to be on the same. We're fighting the issue, not each other. Yeah. Like, okay, here's this problem and we need to work through it together. We need to, we, the problem is one of us is not understanding the other person's approach or, or the way that they are, understanding something. And so that was like a huge thing that I was like, Oh crap, definitely. And it doesn't have to be like anybody's fault, you know, it doesn't have to be a bad guy and a good guy, you know? And that's like, that's a big thing. I think for us, like we would fight and it would would often be like, well, who's the bad guy and who's the good guy? Like who wins? Yeah, exactly. And And yeah. And especially for us, cause y'all know, like we're so competitive, you know, it's stupid. And so like, (laughs) yeah, you guys are, (laughs) yeah, it's really ridiculous. And so that oftentimes will like, take, take the point of a fight. I mean, like, we'll be like literally against each other in it because of that. Like mm-hmm. one of us has to be the winner, you know, mm, but it's yeah. like, yeah, it, it's so true. You know, once we remind ourselves that we are on the same team and we have the same goal at the end of the day and like, I'm not trying to crush him or defeat him, you know, right. and he's not trying yep. to defeat me. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's see. How about in your dating years oh. with Jacob? Yeah. How did you, so I think, Jacob talked about I think Jacob talked previous, a little bit about his like his story in our previous podcast, but mm-hmm. we can kind of give a little general yeah, general mm-hmm. um synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. So how okay, so he had some issues with addiction. Mm-hmm. And um how did you I mean, especially when you were like dating, so you're not even like committed married to this person mm-hmm. and he's like struggling with this. Like how did you navigate that? that time in his life. Well, I hate to like say this, but to be honest, when Jacob and I first started dating this time around, like the time around to get married, Mm -hmm. um, he did not tell me 
he didn't disclose all of that information. Mm-hmm. I found out a little later into like maybe a maybe like a like six or seven months into our relationship, I was like realizing that you know there were some things he had hidden from me. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. because what had happened was we were we dated through high school. We broke up like senior year and then I, I moved after, right after high school, I moved to Florida and went to school there and mm-hmm. he stayed in Oklahoma and we didn't talk for like a good couple of years. And so it was like a while all through that was when all that happened. He started getting into drugs okay. and he got mm-hmm. arrested and he went to jail and then I came home. And so when I came home, he was fresh out of jail and he told me at the time that his friend was the one who had had the stuff and that he would just like was innocent bystander type thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say like, that's the reason, you know, I was willing to step, to step into a, a committed relationship with him. I, mm-hmm. I'm not totally sure if I had known that at the time, if you would, have. I would have been near as willing and if I'm sure like he knew that. that and that's Florida. why he didn't tell me, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah. unfortunately I will say that, but no regrets, obviously, of course. Um, and what, and what I'll say again is like, um, addictive behavior never goes away. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. So maybe he's no longer addicted to drugs, but he still has very addictive behavior. So it's continue, you know, I continue all the time to like, um, it's always on the forefront of my mind. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because like, again, it's, it's, you know, it could be literally with anything, you know? Um, I think he oftentimes like most addicts, um, is looking for that, that feeling from things, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, And you can get it from a lot of different things, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, you just, you constantly got to be thinking about that. So I think, you know, for us, obviously, um, being faith-filled and, you know, knowing that um, that's not God's plan for him, you know, and knowing that he's healed and um, that he's delivered from all of that, you know, and we continue to to just, you know, um, know that all the time. And then also that that's not him, that's, you know, that's not who... God created, you know, when those types of things come over, you know, and like, um, behaviors happen because of it, you know, it's, it's like, okay, again, that's not him. Like, you know, work through why that happened or what, you know, caused that and then move on. But, you know, like even, you know, when we moved here to Kansas city and, um, we launched the church Mm -hmm. that first year, like it was church. You know, like Mm -hmm. I never saw him like never, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, he was literally anybody who needed anything. He was the one, you know, Mm -hmm. he was like, oh, you're moving. Okay. I'll help you. Like, oh, you're, you know, you're doing this. So let me be there for you. You know, it was like every day he had something going on every single day. Mm -hmm. He was just like addicted to helping people. You know what I mean? And it was like, okay, yeah, that's a really nice thing to be doing. But at the same time, like that is fulfilling this this something mm. that's well, not- I'll tell you the same. Like that was something that I, I know. And like when the church was starting to like with my marriage that we struggle with, well, and my, um, my ex-husband sim- like different, but similar stories. And that was what his was too, was the church. Like everything, um, like everything was, was that like, mm-hmm. if we did anything, it was with that, yep. um, like family definitely took 
a sidestep oh, sure. um, to that. And so that was one of those. I remember like even afterwards I had to work through a lot of like resentment towards the church. Mm-hmm. And if I can be a hundred percent honest of like, you should be, um, well, yeah, I am. Yeah. But like, I, it, and a little resentment towards that in the way of like, if, if you didn't demand so much, maybe he would still be here realistically. Like that demand wasn't put on by, right, yeah, that wasn't put on by the church that was just fulfilled through like some of those same addictive yeah. personalities. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, and just being like, yeah, like having to work through resentment towards mm-hmm. like, I, I completely agree with you. And I totally, it's mm-hmm. not so much that I was res- resentful toward the church for like overworking him or anything. I was more like, like, I felt like that was his escape from me. Mm-hmm. And like, I, and I felt very distanced from the church because of that. And it's mm-hmm. like, mm. and then at the same time, like I was down in kids all the time, mm-hmm. you know, so I knew nobody, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, he knew everybody. And it was just so hard for me to like find my place. Swing and a miss. No, <laughs> Sorry. She- I just hit the mic. Okay. I think <laughs> we're good. I think yeah. we're good. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, that was definitely, um, early on something that I had to yeah, like get over. No, I'm like, I, when you were yeah. talking about that, I'm like, Oh no, I, yeah. I get that a hundred percent. Cause I remember there'd be times I would just be like, when do I get you? Yeah. Like, no, you, 100, you have, we you would have, have fights about it all the time. And like you, yeah, you yeah. drop every, you drop everything for church. Like yeah. when do, yeah. when do and, I get Well, you? And then the version I was getting was like the crap leftover version, mm-hmm. you know, the tired, I need to go lay down my back hurts version. Like that mm-hmm. was the, the version I was getting. So it was like, well, why mm-hmm. do they get this like great version of Jacob? Who's so happy all the time and wants to help them. And the version I'm getting is like tired and worn down, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was like totally resentful at that moment, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it wasn't until, we started the youth group that mm-hmm. things got better because I was like, you, ha- you guys had that together yes, kind of because thing. I went to him and I was like, listen, this isn't working. Every single thing we do at church is separate. Like mm-hmm. I don't do anything with you. And, and it's not, it's making this very hard for me, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, I have to get, I have to get out of the dungeon. I have to, like, <laughs> I, have to. I, have to I have to get out of the yeah. dungeon. I need, I need more, you know, time with you. And the only way to do that is to bring church and us together. And yeah. so, you know, we did the youth group together and I think it has helped a whole, whole, whole lot for us to find our place together. That's huge. Yeah. Um, okay, so hear me. I have, I have something I want to. Yeah, yeah. But what? Correct me if I'm wrong. But so what I'm hearing you say is that from from all of that is that you know if there was if there was going to be any kind of advice that you would give to somebody out there who is in a relationship with somebody who has um, who struggles with addictive behaviors or is struggling with an act with like a specific addiction. Um, supporting them through times like that is what I'm picking up from that is um, you got to really be clued in mm-hmm. to your spouse Yep, and you've got to notice like what is triggering those behaviors. And then also the accountability piece that mm-hmm. is, that is huge for that, mm-hmm. um, which those two things don't come without what you said earlier, which is providing a safe space for each other right. mm-hmm. um, to be able to approach them with those kinds of things. Right. So if that is yeah. something you were struggling with. There you go. There you yeah. go. And from like the other perspective, I would say like guys out there, make sure your wife knows that her opinion matters, you know? Mm, and yeah. like, if she feels that her opinion matters, it's going to be much easier for her to approach you on those things, mm, you know? That's good. And 100%. Yeah. Yep. I agree. How would you say kind of, um, I know you were talking about like with church and different thing, but, and like just even, 
with Jacob, like his addictions and like having faith and realizing like that that's not who he is and that Mm -hmm. he is healed. But how would you say um, with both of you being believers and like walking out a Christ filled life, how how have you, what would you say, Argus, tongue tied, (laughs) how has that made marriage more satisfying for you? Um, you know, it's funny because I was like reading these questions and I, I felt like this one and the next one should have been flip-flopped because they go together. Oh, okay. Well, you can combine them. No, no. Yeah, you're good. I okay. just was like, I want to go back and read. Hold on. Do I can say the next question too, so you can kind of like yeah, fill them ahead. in. Go ahead. So th- this question we have is like, how has being, uh, how has being a believer made marriage more satisfying followed, but by give us your thoughts on the phrase, even marriage never satisfies when it comes to having a compared to having a relationship with Christ. So like, that's something that you'll hear in church of like your spouse honestly cannot complete you. Like mm-hmm. there is still going to be a void in you that like no person can fill. And if you yeah. don't have Christ, like you're going to be putting kind of like those expectations on another person to fill what they can never do. Right. Exactly. Cause that's out of order. Cause it's Your out of order. Relationship with Christ should always be first. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. How does fill us in? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> give us unmarried folk some wisdom. Well, I mean, I definitely feel like, um, if you have Christ in your life, you know, obviously that, um, that definitely fills that, um, that hole that we all have where we need somebody to be like on a pedestal. You know what I mean? We need something to like look up to something to be perfect, you know, some standard to hold everything to, you know? So if you, if you have, if you have a relationship with God, obviously like that's already filled. And so then when you're married, that just goes right below that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, um, you're not looking to put your husband up on that pedestal all the time. And you're not looking for him to be the person on that pedestal all the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he, you know, the things that he's doing that are disappointing you maybe aren't quite as disappointing when you have God in that place. Mm. You know what I mean? Because he's perfect. And so like that's there, but if you don't have God there and you're, you're putting your husband in that position of, you know, like of height up there and he's not going to be perfect. There's no way he's going to be perfect. You're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting him up for failure, your relationship up for failure, everything, because he's never going to live up to that, you know? Um, so I think it's important that obviously you have God in your marriage, but more importantly, you know, that you have it in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, when I guess maybe this could be a little follow-up question. Can you talk about how, were you and Jacob believers when you guys got together or not believers? And how has that evolved and how has that evolved in your marriage yeah. as well? And can you point to like, Hey, our marriage is better because of this or like what yeah. role have you seen Christ play in your relationship? Okay. So, um, <clears throat> let me go back a little bit because, um, when my mom passed away when I was 18 and I moved to Florida right after that, um, it's funny because like, all my life, I wanted to go to the University of Oklahoma. I was a huge OU fan. That's all I ever wanted to do. And I had a scholarship and everything was set to go. And then my mom died and I was like, eh, I'm leaving. So I, Bye. yeah, so I like, went to let Florida. Me get out of I'm here. like 2000 miles away. Come on. And, um, the funny thing is that, um, I actually moved with a boyfriend. So, um, oh, yeah, so we were dating, um, right after high school and he convinced me, he's the reason I moved to Florida. Mm-hmm. He convinced me to go with him to Florida cause he was going there for school. So, um, his aunt and uncle lived there. So we moved there and we moved in with his aunt and uncle and we lived together mm-hmm. for, um, like a year and a half, I would say. And then we broke up and, um, never talked to the guy again, but, um, 
And I'm, yeah, I'm not on social media, so I will never talk to the guy again. <laughs> Another bye. Yeah, uh, bye. bye. Yeah. Um, I wasn't committed to that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he, um, I lived with him, you know, and that was like, I remember, you know, constantly feeling like, ugh. I do not want to clean up after this person. Like I'm not cooking for this person. Mm -hmm. He was my boyfriend. I still felt that way. Like I never wanted, like, I always just felt like we were, you know, roommates and like he needed to pay his part and like this and that, you know what I mean? Oh gosh. Yeah. It was just very much like, I never like felt like that mutual, like we're in this together. Yes. There was never like a team like Mm -hmm. feeling from him, you know? And, um, then, well, okay, through all that time, I definitely like lost. I I grew up in church, you know, but um I was never like I wouldn't I would never say that I like, you know, had the Holy Spirit inside of me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I just like never knew it. You know what I mean? I didn't even know what that meant. Like I just I went to church, I said the prayers, I did all the stuff, you know. Um but it, most of it was for the food. And so then like <laughs> Yeah, for real. And so there's um, the honesty. Yeah. We had like love club on Wednesdays and they would cook us dinner every Wednesday. I used to love that crap. So um, it was like a youth group for kids. Love club, Chapel KC coming down the pipeline. It was so it was so cool. Yeah, it was a lot of kids that went. Um, So anyway, uh, when I moved back from Florida back to Oklahoma, um, Jacob was going to church, you know, Mm -hmm. even though he had just gotten out of jail and all of that, like he was going to church. He was, his family was very active in their church and he wanted me to go to church with him. And I was like, no, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to church with you. Like I'm not doing this fake it till you make it crap. Like that's not me. Like Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I haven't gone to church in seven plus years, you know, like I'm just, this isn't me anymore, you know? Um, but he also made it very apparent that it was like a big deal to him. You know what I mean? And so like, I think that like, as our relationship grew on a little bit more, I started to get like, okay, well, if this is a big deal to him, it's a big deal to him. Like maybe I should look into it a little more, you know what I mean? And so I think that I just became more open to it. And then I eventually went to faith family fellowship with him Mm -hmm. where, um, they just were like, I mean, you know how they are. They're just like, so nice. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, Oh my gosh, these people love me, you know? And like, um, and then I, I remember like pretty shortly after that, there was, you know, a good like moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, this is where I need to be. Like, what is wrong with me? Why have I been like denying this the whole time, you know? And so, um, we like really quickly after that, he was like, okay, well I want to like dedicate our relationship, this, like this, you know, and I want to be, um, I want to be in the right place before we get married. And like, you know, we're not, we can't live together before marriage. We're not doing this and that. And like, that was definitely like his parents were very adamant about all of that. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to honor them. And, um, I would not say that that was his personal beliefs. Like I would just say that that probably was him just wanting to honor his parents, you know, but I appreciated it because I told you I'd lived with a guy before. And so that let me like live by myself, which was nice. And, um, Then when we did get married, we moved in together and everything. And, um, I think that it was like so different Mm -hmm. then. And I think I realized it like, okay, this is why this is God's design, Yeah, you know, because it's just like when you step into like, when you step into what we're created to do, it just is so much more peace and it feels so much more right. You know what I mean? And then you don't have some of those like, 
ugh, I'm not cleaning up after him. Like I loved to clean up after him. I was like, yeah. what is wrong with me? You know? And like, <laughs> it was like, I, I wanted to take care of my husband. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to cook dinner for him. I yeah. wanted to like please him in these ways because like I saw us as a team moving forward and like, we're going to have kids and we're going to do this and we're going to do that, you know? And I had all these plans yeah. for us. And like, I wanted us to be like successful together doing those things. Yeah. So the best way for us to be successful is to set him up, you know? And so like, here I am trying to do all these things to support him. And it was definitely like that, I, I, that supportive mm -hmm. where you could see that supportive, yes, like, like that supportive nature that God's given us, not in a belittling us way, but right. like the gifts that are given to women right. to be able to be that, like just naturally come out. Right. Because if you had told me like before that, that I was going to be a submissive wife, I would have probably punched you in the face. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. what is wrong with you? Dirty I'm not word. doing that. Yeah, exactly. And so like, like doing a man's laundry and like this kind of stuff. Like I just would have never like thought I would have been fulfilled oh. with that. You know what I mean? I'm laughing cause I'm like, that was my favorite, but, uh, but hear me out. But it was twisted because it's my like control freak where I was like, I wanted to do it. So when I put it up, it was in the right spot in the right way, in the right place. So well, and the right, and like, the right things were getting washed together and the right things were getting washed together. And the right things were getting <laughs> dried and the right things were getting hung up. Okay. I'm a little uh, salty still apparently. Wow. Yeah. That kind of came from <laughs> my past yeah. experiences, but it's so funny. You say that yeah. about living with your boyfriend before, because I, that's literally exactly how I felt like yeah. my husband and I, my ex-husband and I dated for eight years before we got married. Mm -hmm. So we were married for two years, total of 10. And like for those eight years, literally the exact same way Yeah, I was. And I think that that's probably like, it's just funny because it's like, well, no wonder why there was like, um, just general agitation mm -hmm. throughout the entire relationship. Take away all of the, the, the things in my relationship that did not work out that, um, that ended up taking a turn that I didn't expect coming, but also looking at things like that, where it was like always grumbling about having to clean up after him and uh -huh. stuff and being just mad, like, just like, I, is this guy looking for a mother? And then at the yes. same time I'd be like, well, here you are, Wilson, what you're doing it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. good job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's not only taking a toll on how you feel about him, yeah. but it's taking a toll on how you feel about yourself yes. because you're actually doing the crap that you said you'd never do. You know yep. what I mean? And so, yeah, I, I totally get that. Mm -hmm. I am looking forward to the day that I'm like, yay. Yeah. I'm going to make dinner for my husband. He's going to be so right. excited. I'm making his favorite dinner tonight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and now honestly, like that excites me too. Like thinking yeah. about that, like, yeah. cause I think like you were saying, it's like, it's the natural flow of things. Mm -hmm. Like, and if something's flowing naturally, you're not going to brush up against that. Like right. yeah. that rough feeling uh, or just, it's more peaceful when things happen naturally. Right. Where did I hear once too, that you never have to defend what's natural. And mm -hmm. I just thought that was always so good. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, just anything they're like in nature, take mm -hmm. nature. You don't have to defend how a tree grows leaves. You don't mm -hmm. have to defend, like, it's just what it does. Right. Um, you don't have to defend how a river flows. If you do, you build a dam. I mean, mm -hmm. like anything in nature has a natural path to it. That's just, it, yeah. it flows. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's definitely true. That's so good. Um, I guess, okay, you mentioned um, previously, like with with like it being hard and having your daughter and like she, like, like you said, she's practically like in your shirt all yeah. the time, like in yeah. trying to find like times for intimacy. But yeah. how are you and Jacob working on staying? If we can kind of come back to that, um, how are you guys working on staying close? Like um, through raising children? Cause that's like, that's a big thing I've heard. 
um, countless women who talk we about, of, we got a lot of young moms that yeah. listen to this too. Mm-hmm. And just that, like that, that's such a struggle of like my kid requires, especially as women. And especially if like, if I've heard this too, of like women who are breastfeeding where it's yeah. like every single thing about that infant or child is like dependent oh, upon yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And so like, um, and I know each, each woman kind of raises their child different and some women can't breastfeed and there's like, there's no shame whatever way yeah like you're you're feeding your child good job right Um, of course but like what are some things that like or what are ways that you guys tried to stay close or how have you learned to stay close despite raising children um or or i guess and even too how how is um your daughter like seeing you guys exemplify like that your relationships comes before hers yeah um well we tell her all the time (laughs) Jacob, he's so mean. He'll be like, he'll be like, oh, you're beautiful. Not as beautiful as mommy, but you're beautiful. You know? But no, but that's, but honestly, that's like a little way where it's like, oh, that's my wife. Yeah. No, he does. He does. He says that stuff to her all the time. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she definitely knows, you know, that, um, I'm his number one and, and we've definitely like said, you know, said that to her, like, Mm -hmm. this is important that mommy and daddy have time together, you know? Um, especially like she's our only one. Like if you have more than one, um, they can go play together, you know, but with one, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Other than like, you know, her best friend, the TV, there's nothing else, you know, to like, or the pups. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're pups right now. So there's, you got to monitor that too. You know, there's (laughs) there's still very much pups. Um, and slash, gosh, if he, he just gets a little nippy when he gets excited and yeah, yeah he'll draw blood. So, um, we, we <laughs> got to watch big that, old teeth. but eventually maybe they will be her playmates. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, one big thing for us was like, or like, I think when Sayla was a little bit younger, she would come into our bedroom in the mm-hmm. middle of the night and she would like want to sleep with us. And mm-hmm. Jacob would like let her lay there and then he would get up and go to the guest room and then it would just be me and her in the bed, you know? And mm-hmm. so like, I hated that. And I would tell him all the time, like, I don't like sleeping with her. She kicks me all night, first of all. And second, like, I want you to, I want to sleep with you, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah. and I'm sure he felt the same way too. It wasn't like I was complaining by myself, but um, it was just the easiest thing to do right. in the middle of the night. Or in the middle of the night when you're tired. It's like, <clears throat> yeah. I just go. Yeah. And he's got to work and stuff, you know? So it would just be easiest to just go to the other room. Um, and we have a king size bed, but that girl, she's, she sleeps sideways. Like mm-hmm. there's no way. Um, when she's like a tall girl already, oh, yeah. like she's not, I was going to say like a big kid, but not saying that in a, like a bad way, but she's, no, she's tall. She's yeah. tall for her age. Yeah, for I sure. I mean, she's going to be, you guys are what? <laughs> Nothing. Hey, I was called a big kid. A lot. I was going to say, everybody like, tells me she's built like you, Ria. That's what I do. Story. Yeah. I have uh, heard that from time to time. Like she's going to be like you. I like know, I've heard that from I'm multiple like, I don't different think people. She's going to be as tall as Rhea, but okay. We you have know? the same build. If, yeah. you mean, if you can put, and I remember even seeing not to whatnot little like pictures of myself at her age and we are built very similar. Yeah, no, I could see it. She, yeah, she, uh, she won't. That's we had my wedding. She's going to be an athlete. My <laughs> wedding dress was in the cabinet and like the cat just like made her bed on it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's my wedding dress. And I just looked at Jacob and I go, well, sale will never be able to wear it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. <laughs> I think my wedding dress was like a size zero. Oh She's yeah. Never That's going to be, be like child. her leg. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So bring it All back. Right, bring it back. Oh yeah. Meryl's great at bringing us How back. How you yeah. navigate. Okay. So um, there was, was there was the situation with the bed. So he was like oh, yeah. going to the guest room. Oh, so yeah, how did yeah, yeah. you, that yeah. was an example you were giving. Yeah. So like, we stopped doing that. So now, you know, she comes down, we're like, go back upstairs and stop crying. <laughs> so <laughs> Jacob will like, what, take her back upstairs. We'll take the time now to like put her back to bed instead of just letting her take our, take over our bed. And we also don't allow like 
you know, from the get go, there's no sleeping in mommy and daddy's room. You know what I mean? She knows that like right now. Um, and so bedtime, like is always just the two of us in there, which is nice, you know? So that's one thing that's like stays that way. Um, and then, you know, um, like I said, like, we're just very, we're very honest with her, you know, and she's so logical that girl, like she really, is. yeah, she really is. I mean, you can be very honest with her and mm-hmm. that, and it works, you know, she gets it. So, um, we are very honest with her about it, you know, and, and we say like mommy and daddy need time for each other. You know, we have to, um, we have to have our date nights. We have to do this. We have to do that. As a matter of fact, when Tracy was moving out, she like looked at us and was like, who's going to watch me when you go on your date nights, you know? And mm. I was just like, Oh, well that's nice that she like, even, she's thinking about, yeah, she's yeah. thinking about that, you know? Yeah. And so like, obviously it's in her mind too, you know, that mommy right. and daddy have to have. Um, well, and you're setting a precedent for her. Yeah. For her like later. Her and Bo or her and Cameron. Or, yeah. One know, of the whichever. two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other thing we started doing recently is we started doing puzzles. So, um, now like we go work on after we put Sayla to bed, cause she goes to bed at like eight or nine, mm-hmm. you know, during the summer now. But, um, after we put her to bed, we'll go for like an hour or two and just sit and work on a puzzle together. That's you know? sweet. And oh, that's, I like it's, that. Yeah, it's really good time. Like we're really enjoying it. Um, we did a Seinfeld puzzle. Yeah, um, I last bet week. he loved that. It was so cool. But then the end of it, we were missing one piece of no. George's face, right oh, in the George. center of George's face. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" No, I, I know. I bought it at Half Price Books. Half Price Books. What's up with your puzzles? Should be called Quarter Darn Price it. Books. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. That should have been a quarter oh, price puzzle. Oh, cracked me up. That's cool. That's like a good activity a to do activity. together, though. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, because a lot of people, you know, just sit in front of a TV and veg. But that but doesn't I mean that you're, like, really, like, spending time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like you're doing something, but you're still, yeah. like. You well, and you're working towards a goal together, yeah. which is, like, another thing. You know, we're working towards something together. And, like, he can be proud of me and I can be proud of him for, like, helping, you know, something we're doing together. I don't know. It's yeah. just kind of. Well, and I've heard this, and maybe you can confirm, but, like. Men too, and Byron, you can give us a head nod if this is true, Um, but like that men tend to open up more when doing activities versus like just, oh, like we're us women, like we can tend to be like, let's sit and talk. And guys are kind of like, uh, yeah, you good? We've got a nod. We've got a nod from Byron, but but just even like giving something for like their hands to do or um, like it just kind of opens up their ability to. Well, I'll tell you one thing it does is it makes it so that you can't have your phone in your hand. Boom. Well, there you go. There you go. And that is the number one thing right there because like any given moment of the day, he's got his phone in his hand, but when we're doing a puzzle, he He cannot have his phone in his hand. So there's that, you know, that's good. That's good. That's a good thing. Man, any, (laughs) is there, is there there any like, she didn't think we were going to be able to talk the whole time. Yeah. We got you. I couldn't talk the whole time. We got you girl. (laughs) An hour and 10. Is there any, like any last little, like, tips or just pieces of wisdom that you've learned from marriage and commitment. Um, and to, I think just with like your life story and with your, you know, what you've gone through, like with your parents where you've seen commitment, not even necessarily in the marriage form, but just any, um, parting thoughts, parting thoughts that you would have. (laughs) Well, we touched earlier a little bit on, um, commitment to jobs mm-hmm. and like how, how much that's changed. Like, and when we were talking, you were talking earlier, Meryl, about your upbringing and it reminded me of how, um, adamant my parents are about, were about, you know, instilling in us the hardworking, mm-hmm. um, yes. th- you know, just being very hardworking and not just being hardworking, but also being loyal to the people who pay you money. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, so, um, 
my mom and dad never changed jobs. You know, my, um, my mom always had three jobs, but she always had those same three jobs. Same you know three. what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, cause she was in the military. A difference so she, in generations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And my dad, you know, he had the same job my whole life and he just retired from it, you know, like the other day. And oh so, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that that was very cool to see because, um, I mean, you guys know, I worked for Dillard's for, <clears throat> what, like 12 years? I was like a long time, yeah. at least so 10. I was going to say least- Yeah. And before that, before I worked for Dillard's, I worked for, I worked my way up through a restaurant, was the bartender and then became the manager of the restaurant. And Jacob and I became very close to buying the restaurant from the owners in Oklahoma. Really? Yeah. So like, um, and I mean, gosh, like I've only had four cars my entire life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've never like, I, I just have always like, I fall in love with the things that I have and I want them to just be my thing. And it, it consumes me yeah. and it, it, it's my identity a little bit. Well, obviously, you know, our identity is in Christ, but it's a little bit of who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that if you can do that, if you can just like fall in love with the things that, you know, you want to commit to and, and they're just, it just, it just grasps you, you know? Yeah. I have one final Uh-oh. question to tag on. Oh, and this is, well, and it's kind of something you had said too about like, um, and just knowing you and, um, Amanda's not really like, doesn't do socials. So this is kind of, we've talked about social media and all of its effect, all of effects, plural, um, on our culture for women, for modesty, for gosh, a plethora of things. Right. Um, what would you say in your experience and not really using it or having it? How do you think that social media has affected our cultural view on commitment? Um, well, I mean, when you have literally everything at your fingertips, what is the point of holding on to something? Mm-hmm. You Whoa. know what I mean? Preach it. Sheesh. Like, Sheesh. And that is our episode today. We <laughs> could end on that one. Started, started and Sheesh. ended with that. That would have been a five minute conversation. But Done. yeah. But so, yeah, spot on. Yeah. So I don't That's know. So I can't, I could go on forever about how terrible social media is, but um, I feel like I don't really have a leg to stand on because I don't know anything about it. That's the thing. <laughs> I literally know nothing. So, but, well, I miss yeah. you on our Seinfeld quotes yep. and memes. Yeah, chat. and guess and guess what? No regrets there either. I, <laughs> I I literally like one day I deleted that crap. Never looked back. I never <laughs> looked back. I never once regretted that. I didn't think twice about it. I'm not kidding. Not I love kidding. that about you though. Like I love like yeah yeah. I know Jacob's I like, s- are you going to turn that back on? I'm like, I deleted it. It's gone. It's gone. I'm <laughs> not redoing an entire Instagram page. Like that's it. It's gone. I have a couple other friends that are like that, and they're just. They're some of my favorite people. Yeah. <laughs> I strive to be more like you, Amanda. I strive to be more like you. Whatever. I'm not, but you know. <laughs> no, I'm saying like we're both. already pretty much the same, but in the social media aspect, I don't I'm know. Saying I know. We, are, we are a lot of, alike, Meryl. Yeah. Like I appreciate that about both of you. Like, and that's something like, okay, just as what, like as like Christ puts people around you to help refine you. Like I think, and Meryl, you've said it to me multiple times <laughs> about like your role in my life, but like, I long to be like, I long to pick up some more of those characteristics of that. Like, here's how I feel. And I'm yeah. going to tell you about it. Yeah. I even had a conversation today and I was very proud of myself because yeah. I was like, this made me feel this way. And I didn't, I didn't care. I just threw it all out there and it was yeah. ugly, but I was like, it doesn't feel good. It does. It, feel good. it does. And at the end of the day, I was like, I was like, yeah. I was really proud of myself. And I you, was know so glad. you know what, too? If you are scaring people away with those types of conversations, they don't deserve to be a part yeah, of your life. Like, 100%. I'm sorry, but if I'm telling you how I feel and you're scared by that, like, yeah, no, then 100%. why are you here? You know, like, let's, 
the people, yeah, the people that I keep closest to me, like, know that if I'm saying something and especially when they know that like, sometimes it can, has a tendency to like not come off in the most tactful way (laughs) because I am working on that. (laughs) But, um, but I, I've, I've been very blessed, especially over the years to have, um, several people tell me like, I know that what you're saying is said in love. Like I know that. And I know that you were, I know that you were looking out for my best interest when you're saying it that way, but Hey, you don't have to be like, yeah. Like that's a little strong. (laughs) Yeah. I get that. I get that a lot too. They'll be like, Oh, that's just Amanda. I hear that. Or like, Oh, you know, that's just how she is. Or that's, you know, I hear that a lot too. And it does kind of like, you know, it's like, ah, oh, it makes you kind of feel like maybe you have to be that way all the time. And I'm don't necessarily need to be that way all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they've kind of like put this label put that on, on me. You. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so now I have to live up to it type, you know, but like, I think that's also like for me is just part of like a, like a survival mode type thing yeah. too, to just yeah. kind of keep up my yeah tough girl facade <laughs> that I had for a really long time. I, I usually like, I just can't keep it in most times. Like, yeah, yeah that's really Feel hard. That. All right. Well, we've got to go because it's that time. It's that time. It's past <laughs> Amanda, that time. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. For- yep. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Be sure to check out our website at www.boldco.studio where you can learn more about us or stream episodes if you don't have a preferred platform that you use already. Email us with thoughts, questions, or comments or topic suggestions at info at boldco.studio. Be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and leave a review where possible on whatever streaming platform you listen to us on. Finally, give us a follow on Twitter at Bold Women Co. We're on Instagram at boldwomen.podcast. And we're on YouTube at Bold Women Podcast. Bye. Bye.